Good morning. This is James with 77 Financial Group. You're listening to 15 Minutes of Finance, where in the next 15 minutes, I'm going to get you excited about investing. Let's do it. All right, all right, all right. Hope you guys are having a great start to your Friday here. Uh, I'm going to jump right into the news after we do the term of the day, which is CFP, or sorry, CFA. CFPs was uh, last episodes. And for those of you who didn't catch last episode, uh, CFP and CFA, those are the two top designations you would want from a financial advisor. And mainly financial advisors do CFP. Um, and that's just kind of like the gold standard of financial planning. Now, CFA is more of an analyst role. And, you know, I'm going to sort of dive into that here, uh, what it really means. And the CFA, in my opinion, is harder than the CFP. It just is. Uh, the CFP is, I think it's one exam. That's like six hours long, but it's one exam. And then you have to pass an ethics code and an interview, I think. And the CFA is three exams and you can only take them, I think, the first two you can take every six months, but then the last one you can only take once a year. So you're looking at least a minimum, like an 18 month wait. Uh, and most people don't pass the first time. So uh, they have to take, it's mostly like, like a year thing. So it's kind of a long time. So three rigorous exams, they require you to have 4,000 hours of work experience. And you also have to adhere to the CFA Institute's code of ethics. Um, so let me read what this is here, or this is the description that I thought was best. Because of its focus on analysis, investment knowledge, and ethics, the CFA designation is widely recognized around the world and is the leading credential among financial professionals. So I agree with that. The CFA is more like endowment funds, uh, pension funds, uh, massive investment banks. It's people who are really into the details and the technical analysis of investments, where the CFP is more like your broad individual financial planning, uh, which is what most people need. Most people don't need a CFA. They don't need somebody in their, uh, in their portfolio analyzing earnings per share, et cetera, et cetera. Now I like to do that stuff for my clients. I only do it for my high net worth clients just because they pay a higher fee for that service. And it takes me a long time, right? Like you can't make mistakes with this stuff. So you have to be a little bit more uh, time devoted and attention focused. Uh, but the CFP, if you guys are looking for an advisor, I highly recommend either someone with a CFP or someone pursuing it in like in the midst of pursuing it. Like they'll have the designation soon. Okay, that is it for the term, guys. Let's get into the news here. Uh, U.S. equity markets are taking a bit of a pause from their strong gains this week as a lack of major market moving news is keeping investors on the sidelines ahead of the weekend. The Dow and the S&P are making small advances, adding to their all-time highs set yesterday. So guys, that's the one thing that um, I, would I would recommend as an investor. Just have some of your money in the S&P or the total stock market index. There are very, very few investors who beat it. And I mean literally few, like less than 5%, I think, of um, financial advisors who manage their own portfolios beat it. Now, that's not a plug for myself just because my portfolios, you know, my main growth portfolio is beating it. It's not beating it by much. I think maybe 3 or 4% right now. But over 20 years, that's 3 or 4% is a lot. So keep that in mind. But for most people, just use the stock market. Just use the, the S&P 500. Um, it's, especially if you have a long time horizon, you will be extremely thankful you did. Uh, okay, let's keep going. Disney is the best performing stock in the Dow today, with shares up almost 3% following the entertainment company's impressive fiscal third quarter earnings report. Shares of Pfizer and Moderna are more are more than 1% higher after the U.S. Food and Drug Administration approved a third dose of their COVID vaccine for individuals with weakened immune systems. 
Ooh, that was a long sentence. Um, okay, so just to touch on that real quick, guys. And we talked about this the other day, too. If you see government putting their money towards something, so like China with the electric vehicles, um, even the U.S. with Go Green initiatives, um, the U.S. with the vaccine stuff that happened in, in back in March in 2020 when they said, hey, we're, we're pushing this now. Or was it 2019? I can't even remember when COVID happened. It's, it's been so long now. It, it, for me, it's just a big blur. But they said, hey, we're pushing these vaccines. Let's go for it. That would have been a great time, even just a small amount of money, to just say, hey, this is kind of where we're going as a country. You know, we're going to fund these uh, pharmaceutical companies to find this vaccine. Hey, maybe I should put some money there. So just think. Follow the money. Follow the big, the big money. All right? That's usually a good bet. Not all your money, but just some of it. So, investor enthusiasm was dampened by the University of Michigan Consumer Sentiment Survey, which showed consumer sentiment drop to the lowest level in almost a decade on concerns about inflation and the spread of COVID-19. That's led to an increase in demand for bonds, with the yield on the 10-year Treasury note falling six basis points to 1.31%. Okay, so another, I know I'm taking breaks here in between reading, but I just want you guys to be able to catch everything. So, a basis point. A basis point is a snooty term. Okay, everybody who talks about basis points, I remember whenever I first started my career with, uh, with Lincoln um, many, many years ago now, and uh, they were always talking in basis points. Oh, we're going to charge this guy 150 basis points. This guy's going to get 80 basis points. Listen, all it really is is a percent of 1%. Okay? If someone talks in basis points, ask them to not be snooty. Seriously, that's literally what I would do. I remember the, the big advisor, he was talking in basis points. And I was like, can you just dumb it down for me? Like, I just got here. Like, I'm literally getting you coffee. Can you just teach me stuff instead of showing off? Uh, so a basis point is just 1% of 1%. So when I, like I said, with 150 basis points, they were going to charge a guy. That's a 1.5%. That's 1.5% fee, which is a big fee. So if you hear 1.5% fee, I'd run. Um, okay, let's keep going. Oh, we're almost done. Shares of financial companies, including American Express, Goldman Sachs, and J.P. Morgan Chase, are more than 1% lower. Shares of Jessica Alba's The Honest Company are sinking more than 25%. Where is my other page here? Here it is. Okay, so shares of Jessica Alba's The Honest Company are sinking more than 25% to a record low after the consumer products firm reported disappointing second quarter results. Uh, Bitcoin is bouncing back from yesterday's decline and is trading above 46,000 again. And that's, that's today's big topic, guys. So I'm going to read this about the difficulty of mining Bitcoin. Uh, and just to clarify, guys, legally, I can't invest client money in Bitcoin. It's not regulated by anything. Uh, that's kind of disappointing, I guess, because... Uh, Everybody likes Bitcoin. So younger people who would love to get into Bitcoin, uh, I would like to be able to invest for them. But I am not even a big fan myself. I'm unsure about it. Uh, I think it's I think there's potential there. But as I've always said, Bitcoin is only as valuable as someone else is willing to pay for it. It's a non-producing asset, unlike Microsoft, which builds things which produce income. Uh, it's, it's, it creates revenue. Bitcoin is just a transfer. It's, it's literally only worth what someone else is willing to pay for. Okay, so let me read this. 15.6, that's the current difficulty in terahash of Bitcoin mining. I don't even know what that is, guys. It has risen more than 13.7% in the last month and two consecutive jumps, the latest of which occurred Friday morning when the cryptocurrency's code automatically made it about 7.3 more difficult to mine new coins. Okay, so I do know what that means. So... Uh, the less Bitcoin there are, because there's a finite amount, right? 
So just say like 80% of Bitcoin has been mined. The last 20% of it is going to be harder to get than the previous 80%. It's always going to get harder. I don't know why that is. I think it's because it's meant to increase the value. Obviously, if it's harder to, to get it, then it'll be worth more. Um, but yeah, it's the less coins there are, the more difficult it will be to, to mine them. Uh, Bitcoin mining difficulty is influenced by the number of computers participating in the cryptocurrency's mining network and is affected by major events in the mining industry. The July-August difficulty increase is the first sustained increase since a mining crackdown in China sent difficulty plummeting earlier in the summer. It indicates that many mining rigs are coming back online as their owners leave China or sell them to foreign buyers. China's contrib contribution to global Bitcoin mining power has fallen just over 46%, while the U.S. shares has risen to almost 17%. Bitcoin mining difficulty is expected to rise further from here. Hash rate levels are still down 42.1% from their May 2021 peak, and another automatic difficulty adjustment scheduled for August 27th is expected to increase difficulty even more than the last two. Ethereum, the second largest cryptocurrency by market cap after Bitcoin, is also due to undergo a large difficulty increase later this year as it transitions away from Bitcoin-like proof-of-work mining model to towards a proof-of-stake model, which... I, again, don't know what that means, <laughs> uh, but that is the news in crypto. So let me, I guess I'll, I'll disclose this. So I do have a couple clients that they like Bitcoin. They like, well, not Bitcoin, but they like uh, cryptocurrencies. And so since we can't legally invest their money directly, what we're able to do is invest in companies that mine. So there are a couple companies, Hive, uh, Riot, uh, ISWH, a couple of these companies that their whole purpose, they just hire miners and then they're mining these, uh, these cryptos and then probably reselling them or even paying their employees in crypto. I'm not entirely sure how that, how that their uh, system functions, but that's been pretty lucrative for the clients is being able to invest in these public companies that mine. So as crypto is getting more and more difficult, the question that I have for, for me, for you guys, for the whole crypto system is, Will it become a higher price? Will it rise the price value? So maybe, I don't know. It's, it's, it's not quite like oil, whereas, hey, we didn't get 4 billion barrels today. Uh, there's a shortage. So there, therefore, oil rises in prices. I'm not sure if crypto is like that. I think this will be an interesting, interesting uh, situation to see, see how it unfolds. Uh, it just it doesn't produce anything, guys. And that's my biggest concern with it. Um, technically, anything is only as valuable as somebody else wants wants it for. But the great thing about companies that produce, they create things that help other people, is that there's advancement. There's advancement. There's constantly things getting better, right? The iPhone. There's constantly improvements happening. That's why people, every September, they can't wait for that new iPhone to come out. Uh, but crypto, that just doesn't exist. And I don't know what the hope is for people who think, hey, this is going to become a, a country's currency one day. Look, if a country is going to use a cryptocurrency for their for their own currency, their their government issued uh, tenure, they are going to create their own. Most likely, I would say 98 percent. And if they don't, uh, it's a total shot in the dark which one they'll use. Um, but with that said, guys, that is it for today. I hope you guys learned something. Uh, give me a shout if you guys have any ideas. Instagram is 77 Financial Group. Uh, email is james at 77financialgroup.com. And yeah, guys, as always, invest early, invest often. Have a great weekend.